0: Welcome to the Yogi Therapist Podcast, where we talk all things mental health, personal growth, and spiritual development. I'm your host, Rachel, a psychotherapist and yoga teacher based in Sydney. This is your space to gain new insights and tools so that you can live a life that feels aligned and meaningful. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the podcast. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to one of my favorite people in the whole entire world, my fiance, Bevan. I am such a big believer that your happiness and satisfaction in life is deeply linked to the quality of your relationships. So I wanted to bring him on so we could discuss our relationship and what we've managed to create because I'm really proud of it. (laughs) Um, The first half an hour is a pretty in-depth introduction to him. We talk about his upbringing, his experience with therapy, and his yoga background, and then we move into how we met, Um, some challenges we faced right at the beginning, our conversations around monogamy and expectations, and how couples therapy has really challenged and strengthened us. So here is a long and in-depth conversation with Bevan Pfeiffer. Hi, my love. Hi. Thank you so much for being here and doing this for me and being my first guest. I'm um, I'm so grateful that it's you that I'm doing this with. I feel a little bit nervous and a little bit uncomfortable and stretched. And just having you be my first one just makes me feel like I can do this.
1: Okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> like I always say,
0: I always say, like, you're like my human Valium. You just make me feel calm and mm. you make me feel like I have someone in my corner just rooting for me. So yeah, I really appreciate you and I appreciate you doing this. How are you feeling about this?
2: Um, first of all, I want to say, I'm so proud of you. Um, I've known you've wanted to do this for a while um, and you've kind of always put in the back burner and uh, I think you went to Bali or something, something called you to action and uh, when you feel that call to action, you know you can't deny it, and so I'm, I'm so proud that you took that step. And it's it's a, it's a scary step as well, like putting yourself out there, your thoughts, your ideas, um, your perspective, and having people listen. It can be, it can be intimidating. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really so, vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really happy that you've taken this step, and I'm just excited to be in the journey. So. Yay. I know yeah. so
0: much of what we do is so aligned and I think um that's one thing that makes our relationship so beautiful is you know we have such similar not only interests but values that kind of tend to push us mm. in a sa- in the same direction yeah. um, and it just feels so nice to have someone on my team and someone in my corner who is um who gets it yeah um so I just feel like we're so like equally yoked like mm. that. yeah mm. yeah um Okay, well, I think we should start by introducing you to people. So, a lot of people may know you. A lot of people may have been tortured by you in their yoga class. (laughs) Some people are probably going to know you through Instagram, but there's going to be a whole bunch of people who have no idea who you are. So, as much as I know you and love you, um, I want to start a little bit about, a little bit with with who you are and where you've been in this life and where you're going. So, why don't we start a little bit with what it was like growing up for you?
2: Sure. Um, So, I'm Bevan, for those of you who...
0: What's your last name? (laughs) Pfeiffer. (laughs) That's a nice last name.
2: Could be yours potentially soon. Come
0: on, potentially. We'll
2: be staying on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my parents moved here in 1981 from South Africa. Mm. Um, and they tried for seven years to have me. And they went on to the IVF program here in Australia. Because actually wasn't available in South Africa, I don't think, either. Um, and yeah, on the third attempt, they had me. Um, I could have been a triplet, which is... <laughs>
0: Uh, terrifying
2: terrifying <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah and so I grew up um my parents had to go back to work straight away just as support because like you know they were new to the country trying to lay down their foundations um and so my grandmother looked after me for like the first six months and then she passed away mm-hmm. um but yeah but I've always been a quite an independent child I remember remember for a very young age, like year two, my mum taught me how to walk back and from school because they just went home for a few hours and they had to like, all right, well, this is how you have to do this because mm-hmm. we can't afford to like not be at work.
0: Well, I guess your independence was necessary for the family system to function.
2: Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Sorry to get all therapist on you. But- <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's why we're here. Um, yeah. And then, so she taught me, she's like, this is your path. This is how you walk backwards and forwards. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, yeah, I just had to do it. And as soon as I got home, I had to give her a call to make sure I was home. And I remember I had little, this little oven where I'd put my little fish fingers and my <laughs> little frozen pizza in and I'd make that and she taught me how to do it. And that would be my lunch when I got home watching TV mm-hmm. until my dad got home. And so, yeah I, yeah, I just didn't think anything of it. Like people always ask me like, oh, what's it like being an only child? Um, I just, it is what it is. Like I don't yeah. have a reference point to know any different.
0: Yeah. And it's really interesting, I think, how that's shown up in our relationship, how Mm. you being an only child has given you such a starkly different experience as opposed to me who grew up with many siblings and being the youngest, um, Mm. which maybe we can unpack a little bit later. But um, yeah, I think you being an only child and the way that your parents have raised you is, um, you know, I can see the threat. You know, another thing that I know to be true is that your parents love the shit out of you. You are like the apple of their eyes. Guys, let me tell you. First time I went over to their house, (laughs) there is – you should see his face right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: trying to hide, but it's (laughs) hard. There is a
0: shrine to their favorite man in the universe. There's like this whole wall that just has like – all this, these photos of him and all his accomplishments and all his trophies. It's like the wall of Bevan. Um, they love you and they've poured into you so much. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I've always felt from you that is that you are so sure of who you are and you're mm. so quietly confident in yeah. that. So where do you think that came from?
2: Um, well, I know for my parents because they – um, grew up in apartheid during South Africa. Mm. Um, so they were kind of sectioned off. Mm-hmm. So for Those of you who don't know who, what apartheid is. So you had the white people and they had their section of Cape town mm-hmm. and then the col- uh, the colored, which is what my parents and then the Africans. And so colored was a mix between white and African. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had their section as well. And so you couldn't go. So say there was like a beach that have a white section, a colored section and a African section so no one could kind of cross lines Mm -hmm. almost in a sense and so there was this oppression um, of only being limited to what your race could do in terms of like how privileged you are Um, my dad for instance wanted to be an actor but there were only really white actors in South Africa around that time so my grandfather was like why do you want to do this there's no career in that Mm -hmm. and then he wanted to be a pilot and then he was like no you can't do that And so, I think all these no's and then coming to Australia looking for a way to progress themselves and to have more opportunities for themselves, they didn't want to dampen that on me as well, put those same restraints of where they came from. Mm. And so, allowing me to have the freedom of choice of whatever, I felt like I wanted to do. Mm. And within that, I got a lot of intuition and instinct about what I like, what I don't like. And started to really trust that voice within me.
0: Well, you were always such a creative kid as well. Like I remember, Mm. again, the first time I went over to your house, there was just paintings everywhere. And your parents just really facilitated you wanting to spray paint and do whatever you want.
2: Yeah. As much as they were like, what's happening Uh, (laughs) 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 Why? How are you... What's your new thing you're doing this week to destroy the house? (laughs) Um, They're actually kind of like very, like more I think about like very like ahead of their time, very progressive and just kind of like, if you want to paint, here's a bed sheet. I'm going to put it down Mm. and you're going to paint on that, but Mm. you can paint. (laughs) They're very
0: like intuitively Montessori parents. Yeah. That free time, that free play.
2: Yeah. And just like allowed me to express myself. And that's, I love Mm self-expression. I love through the sport I played. Um, through my endeavors with trying to find a creative career, mm-hmm. um, acting, I was thinking about painting for a bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't try music out, but anything of that, just uh, from them allowing me to do it and being so supportive when I did something, just allowed me to go, oh, I can just give this a go and see what happens mm-hmm. and have fun.
0: And I think you've carried that into, you know, into adulthood because I feel. Like you are someone who is so comfortable with risk and with failure and who um, doesn't mind being bad at things for a while. You really, you know, a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with starting something new because there is a a necessary period where you are bad at it, where you're, yeah. where you're new, where you don't know what you're doing when you screw things up and you you thrive in that state. You love mm. wrestling with things and, and expanding yourself and mm. um, learning new parts of yourself. So, I think that's probably why you've been able to get as far, or one of the reasons you've been able to get as far as you have.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I think everything I've done, for me, doesn't seem like a risk. I'm like, I'm just doing it because I'm just trusting in that instinct and intuition of like, I'm just going to explore and see what happens. But even when those things come up, I was actually thinking about it today. I was kind of thinking about like like why and like what have I done to facilitate that. And I was thinking, much as you love hearing this, when I was in acting school. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let me tell you.
0: He went to acting school like a few years out of school.
2: No. So, I finished high school when I was 17 because I was a year younger than everyone. Yeah. And only, well, I went to like acting school, but I didn't get accepted to uni until I was like 23. Okay. Yeah.
0: And I hear about it every day.
2: (laughs) You need to know about it. He loved (laughs) his time at
0: Whopper, and everything is a lesson back to what he learned and his time at Whopper. So let's see how many Whopper references we get in here today. Yeah. But sorry, go on
2: um so say you had like an idea for a character and you built in your head and you practice it so you're reading the script and you're practicing and practicing in your room you're practicing practicing you're like, yep i got this i've nailed it it's in my head i got this and then you turn up and then you do it and the director's like no mm. and you go uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like let's do it again i'm gonna do it differently and so you can't hang on to that yeah. if you hang on to that you're gonna be like what well, he's gonna tell you to let it go Let's work differently. Let's work more in the moment.
0: You need to be able to pivot and I guess have a loose grip on what it is that you think you're doing. Yeah,
2: yeah. And you always constantly have to be shifting Mm. the shift and kind of let go of things. But then also if you have an idea, not be afraid of like, well, I kind of think this and this. And then it's kind of like, it's a collaboration Mm -hmm. of ideas of like what you think the character is. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like that and that continuous learning of just like, Let it go, move on, try something new. Let it go, move on, try something new. Yeah. Just help me to like not get attached to the idea of failure. It doesn't mean anything to me.
0: And I don't think you take it personally either. I think you have the capacity to see like, oh, whatever actions I did didn't work as opposed to like I didn't work. Mm, You don't personalize it. No,
2: no. Yeah, yeah. I just think of it as like the goal is to get to the place I want to be in my mind and I might have to like – Take Take a few parts. Yeah, I might have to go out to the left a little bit for a while. But I'll get there at some point if I just keep working towards it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, how did you go from acting to yoga?
2: So, I traveled through Europe with some friends when I was 20. We got a van and then drove around Europe, which was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is
0: something all 20-year-olds should do.
2: They should definitely Absolutely. do that. Absolutely, go yeah, and travel. 100%. And then so um, I traveled around with my friends and then I remember I was sitting on a beach and then a friend of mine, I was just having this contemplation about what I want to do when I get back to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why don't you try acting? I think you'd be really good at that. And I was like, sure, I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. And so when I got back, I applied for this course. It was like the last week of auditions. I got in, so it was like a six-month course. And within that course... As part of like a physical warm up, there was yoga, and so I did yoga. And uh, with the yoga, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so amazing! I love this." And yoga wasn't really big at the time, that time because I was like 15 years ago, mm. so there wasn't much yoga anywhere. No, and yoga so,
0: really only I reckon came into vogue in like 2007. I reckon.
2: Yeah, something around yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, I was like, how do I do more of this?" And so I went to a Bikram hot yoga, ridiculously hot yoga, ridiculously hot. (laughs) And so I did that, and I just fell in love with it. And I stopped because I was going to the gym at that time, so I stopped playing all the sports I was doing. I was just doing the gym, and I was like, "Not doing this. I'm going to do yoga." And all my friends were like, "What are you doing? (laughs) What is this
0: ancient Indian weird thing that you're doing?" Yeah,
2: and they didn't understand like why would you go to a room with forty degrees for ninety minutes
0: with like carpeted floors, right?
2: Oh, yeah, it was so yeah, stinky. Yeah, at that time
0: they used to put, put yeah, carpet on. It was the stinky. Laws.
2: Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so
0: then eventually you went on to do teacher training.
2: Yeah. So I finished, so I within, went to uni and then with uni, um, still doing the yoga. And then when I finished uni, I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life when I get back? I could do yoga because I didn't want to get back to hospitality. I was like, meh, hospitality, I hate working late at night. Just didn't vibe with it, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I can do yoga, teach yoga, and also audition during the week. That was literally my thinking.
0: So you're going to use it as a means to kind of support yourself while mm-hmm. you're trying to act.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there was no like, oh, it made me feel this way or that. It was purely just because I wanted more free time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I looked up. I was in Perth at the time, so I just googled yoga Sydney and Body Mind Life and Power Living came up. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I chose Body Mind Life is because they had a part time course, and I could. Do it on the weekends, which will keep my weeks free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, cool. I'm doing that.
0: And you did that with Noelle Connolly?
2: Noelle Connolly and Kat Clayton. Yeah.
0: And now you teach at BML. So you can, yeah. you've you come full circle.
2: Yeah. Teach at BML. And then now I do the teacher training at BML you as do, well. So
0: that's full, full circle. So yeah, you've yeah. ended up on the team that, um, that you went to one day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it, it feels so good. Like I love teaching. I love teaching yoga so much. I love... For me, it's like I can see the potential in myself for growth, and I also can see it within all of my students. Yeah, all right, that's why I, I I might teach like I'm doing air quotations harder class. Like I okay, don't that, that is
0: the understatement of the goddamn century. If you've ever been to his class, anyway. Sorry, go on. <laughs> 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 I got a lot of things to say about
2: this. But my okay, my I'm mean, someone actually asked me this the other day. Like, what's your philosophy for your class? And I was mm, like, that's a good question. My philosophy is that I. Got as strong as, I got to a level where I'm at and it was through doing like drills, techniques, all these kind of stuff to get to where I'm at. And I know that, that I was where you are at. Like all the students in the class that I teach, I've been in every single of those positions. Beginner, intermediate, and then looking to a way to kind of shift my practice. Yeah. I've been in all those places and all those headspaces. And so for me, the way I'm teaching now is that I want it, you to realize that there's growth
1: mm.
2: and there's potential.
0: And that you never arrive either. Mm. You know, you never finish yoga. No. <laughs> you, never, you never do. And I think there's always something to be learnt and unpacked. And that's not even about the asana. I think no. what I've found is, I would love to get your thoughts on this, is when you start, it's purely asana. Yeah. It's like, how the hell do I... Where Where is my foot going? Like, you want me to engage what?
1: Mm.
0: And once you've kind of got a basic hold on it, then you can start to bring in the pranayama, the breath mm. side of it, the philosophy side of it. And then I think you you spend a few years trying to really advance. And you're like, okay, mm. I'm going to do all these backbends and pinches and inversions and all this kind of stuff. And then I think you pull back and go back to basics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think then it beca- then you realize that once you can do all the fun, crazy stuff, that's actually… God, it's fun, mm-hmm. but that it's got nothing to do with it. That yeah. there is as much to learn in Trikonasana, which is kind of a foundational pose, as there is in some, like, in Dropbox.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah. I remember Patabi Joyce. He said that all you need is the foundational poses in yoga. Everything else is just a circus.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah.
2: Everything else is just a circles. Uh, so, circus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just like it's the internal. It's always going back. Inwards. Mm. Once your gaze and your perspective starts shifting out to like, watch me, can everyone see me? Yeah. You know the yoga isn't serving you anymore. Yeah.
0: I always say to people like, I can tell when there's a teacher in my class, even if they've never told me, because of two things and it is not whether or not they can do a handstand because there's a million teachers who can't do a handstand. Mm. When I see them practicing, the first is that their alignment is amazing Mm -hmm. and that's their priority. So, if they need to grab blocks and lift out of the forward fold, yeah. They will do it. They don't care about, oh, I need to get my head to my shin, so I'm just going to totally round and throw out my alignment. There's this real integrity in their alignment. Mm. Um, And the second thing is they're so focused and dropped in and present. If there Mm. was an earthquake outside, they wouldn't notice because they're so in their body. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the sign of a really advanced practice. Like yeah. how in your body are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I didn't sleep well. I've had a big week. My hamstrings are feeling tight. I'm going to bend my knees because that's yeah. what my body 100%. wants. Yeah. You know, I'm going to listen to my body rather than my ego. I've got nothing to prove. Mm. I'm not a cooler person because mm-hmm. I can do this stuff. I'm not yeah. more interesting. I'm not more intelligent. I'm not yeah. going to go to Yogi heaven quicker. Yeah. yeah. You know,
2: hundred mm. percent. And I think the important thing that you picked up there was ego.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah When
2: your ego starts to be like, oh, but what if the teacher thinks about me? What does other people think about me? Maybe I need to push harder because of that. Mm-hmm. You're not again, you're not serving yourself. Yeah. And that comparison to others can be such a thief of joy. Yeah. As well.
0: Yeah. Cause when I'm in the room, I I am not paying attention to anyone mm. else unless I'm practicing next to you and you look really good. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I'm i completely in my body. It's like yeah. an hour of reading or meditation.
2: Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. I just zone out. I blank everyone. Yeah. I'm just doing me. But it, it took a while to get there. It takes time and
0: there's time where I don't, there's times where I'm really distracted and I find Mm -hmm. it and I've spent 75 minutes and I'm still, you know, wrestling with my to-do list and Mm. and then you have days like that and that's okay. That's yoga as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're teaching yoga at a number of different studios. You're now a teacher trainer, but you're also studying psych. Yes. So how did you get there? Tell me about that.
2: I do this thing. uh, It's only when it's really a call to action. Mm. It's, um, I had this moments for a few years where I just had these inspirations towards the end of the year being like, I need to do something different. And so one year I had this thought and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to shift away, not shift away from yoga, but I want to add something physical. That's completely different to yoga to what I'm doing. Uh, And then a friend early on the year was like, Hey, do you want to come rock climbing with me? And I was like, Sure, let's do that. And then so I did that and I was like, oh, yes, this is the thing that I was looking for. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happened within that year. Towards the end of the year, I was like, okay, so I've done something different, physical that I wanted to change. Now it's time to do something to sharpen my mind. And so I was going, okay, universe, just show me something. Yeah. I'm Um, open. I'm I'm listening. I'm open. I'm listening. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. And so I remember I was walking through Wynyard Station and they had billboards up on the train station and I saw a sign to ACAP. And I was like-
0: Shout out to the ACAP marketing team.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's what I need to do. And I've always been interested in psychology because of acting, it's very psychoanalytic of like Mm -hmm. trying to understand the character, you know, what was happening in their lives, what's happening between their parents, what's Mm -hmm. their relationships with their friends, Why they say certain words and not certain words. What does that relate to them? Mm. And so, it was all this continuous unpacking, which I... That was one of the things that I love as much about acting as performing was the unpacking. Mm. And so, I've always had a a keen interest in it. And so, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is my sign. I'm going to do it. And so, I just looked into it and I signed up basically within that... (laughs) same week so wow yeah
0: and i feel like there's such a crossover between not only acting and therapy but yoga and therapy oh yeah i mean one of the things that blows me away so much is that when we're looking at different modalities of healing especially around trauma Mm. you're looking at nervous system regulation you're looking Mm. at um, connecting to your mind identifying different parts of yourself these are all teachings that have been around in yoga for 4,000 years. Yeah. You know, this 100%. isn't new. And it's, mm. it's so exciting that we're starting to bring those two worlds together.
2: Yeah. 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 No. And I think it's was interesting. My cousin said to me, I remember I was talking to my cousin when I just signed up and I was saying, I was like, oh, I'm going to start uni. And she's like, it's interesting, all this stuff that you're doing, it's always this kind of exploration of the self.
3: Mm. And I was
2: like... Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. That like is I, the common thread, yeah. Yeah,
2: like I didn't realize it at the time, but she highlighted it and I was like...
0: Shout out to Courtney. Was that Courtney? That was Courtney. That was Courtney, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <And> yeah, <laughs> yeah you knew. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I was like, yeah, it kind of is. Like I've always been interested of like, how can I dive deeper into myself mm. and unpack myself and just... Yes, you can go... I remember, I, was like, I remember who was talking about this. Like you can read a... You can go on holiday somewhere and you can... You know, do all these fun adventures, but the craziest venture you'll ever do is just turning inwards.
0: I was just about to say that, that the best adventure is always the journey inward. And mm. I swear that is not just a plug for our no, retreat. No,
1: no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our retreat is called the journey inward, but it's true. It's like, you know, both of us have traveled quite extensively throughout mm. our life. And honestly, some of the best places I've ever been are in meditations, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that I've, I've learned about myself or in conversations with people, yeah, yeah. um, and that there is so much to learn exactly where you are you yeah. know sometimes it's tempting to change the the our environment in order mm. to create change and sometimes mm. yeah that really is important mm. but a lot of the work can be done inwardly
2: yeah 100% and like even think about like when you go on holidays you always come back with an epiphany of something yeah. it's because you've had that time Yeah, that you're not running around to this job, doing this thing, doing that thing, but you're able just to sit.
0: And I think you also get a chance to experience a different version of yourself, yeah. a version that is curious again, mm-hmm. where everything is new and you haven't just fallen into the kind of the traps of mm. monotony.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love yeah.
0: traveling. It feels like mm. reinvigorating.
2: Yeah. 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 We've had some fun travels.
0: Yeah, we've also had some not so fun travels. (laughs) (laughs) We love that for a story. Um, So your experience with therapy, so obviously you're becoming a psychotherapist now. Mm. Um, When was the first time that you went and saw a therapist?
2: Um, The first time I saw a therapist was um, my previous relationship. Um, I went during that because I wanted to just change. How old were you? um i think in the late 20s early 30s something yeah. around there um
0: so a while ago because so you all this this man is old <laughs>
2: well, <not> that old. <laughs> um but yeah so i went to went to the doctor got the mental health plan all that yep. kind of stuff and then went and yeah it was this woman who was also south african had no idea mm. um and yeah it was good like i found some interesting stuff out about culture we focus a lot on culture and the difference of culture, especially within a relationship Mm. and the culture I was brought up with and the culture, like, you know, my partner was brought up with and how that can kind of clash sometimes. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. That was interesting to unpack that. But yeah, it was like, it was, it was okay experience. Like I never was like, oh, that was so deep and made me really find those shifts within me. Yeah, Um, And it wasn't until I, that relationship kind of fell apart that I went to another psychologist Mm. and there was this guy and he didn't really focus on CBT too much, but he was kind of just more interested in like me Mm. and unpacking what I'm bringing to the table. And yeah. And then I got a lot of insight from him.
0: I remember there was one thing that you told me that I was like, Oh my gosh, that is such a good like kind of reframe and probably kick in the ass that a lot Mm. of, especially guys need. Mm. Um, Can you share it? Because I'm going to absolutely butcher it if I try and share it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I remember him because I was like having issues dating.
0: Well, let me pull back because what is it that you were looking for and what is it that you were finding when you Mm -hmm. were dating?
2: I decided that I wanted to be more open and honest with my experience of dating and kind of lean away from um, just like playing games, all that kind of stuff. I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. So what is that? look like to me
0: what did you want you wanted a long-term partnership mm,
2: yeah i was very like okay i want this and this is what i want to get yeah i was very like adamant and i'm just want to like be that okay because guys can be an internal eternal they can be the eternal peter pan oh yeah yeah like that you don't have to grow up if you're a guy mm-hmm. like there's like you could literally live your life just with all your toys going to like Never Never Land and just having all the fun yeah. and not really have to commit to having responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that, no, I don't, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of take that responsibility on. I want to share my life with someone. Mm-hmm. And so I went to him and I told him this and I was like really annoyed with the, all the dating apps, which, you know, if you're single, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a complete nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it can be quite arduous. I think that's the. I can, yeah. It's like a bit of a grind. Yeah. Um. And he said to me, like, if you think about this right, you want someone who's smart, intelligent, beautiful, all these things. Mm-hmm. A lot of those women are probably in relationships. And I was like, okay, yeah, because so they're like, pretty desirable. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So that's like. So
0: there's probably competition for them already. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so that's like a, a big portion of who you want is out of the out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then then you decide all these other factors, if they don't line up, like your pie is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you're finding like this little needle in a haystack. Mm. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like it was very real. It's a real thing.
0: And so what was he what was he implying by that?
2: He was implying what I kind of took away from it was just know that you are it might take you longer yeah. than what your expectations. Like it was kind of lowering my expectations in a good way. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, I need to find someone like tomorrow Mm. and like, I need to find it now. And I think through that conversation it made me realize I can need to maybe be a bit more patient, Mm -hmm. but also know what I want. And if those red flags come up to things that I don't agree with or don't see of being like, they don't align with me, my values and all that, just be like, that's okay. I don't need to pursue this. Mm -hmm. And like we all, in, are in those positions when we meet someone and we're kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe, mm, maybe close enough, close enough, maybe. And it's like this wrestle of like the maybe. Mm. Um, and I just, that, that doesn't serve you.
0: But I think it's, I think it's difficult because I think, like, yes, be very clear about what it is that you want. And at the same time, make space for things to unfold organically and don't hold so tight to that Mm -hmm. list that you become rigid and you miss out on good opportunities. Because I know especially like a lot of women, they can tell you they're like Build-A-Bear dream man, Mm. but they're not actually making space for Mm -hmm. humanity. They're not making space for perhaps being surprised by what they need. You know, sometimes we think we know what we need and- um. It's not until we have a different experience that we go, oh, I didn't know that about myself. Mm. I actually really value this. And so I think, um, not to invalidate what you're saying, I think it's yeah. absolutely true, be really intentional and clear and at the same time, stay open.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of think it's like, if your red flags are unreasonable red flags.
0: I guess it's your non-negotiables, right? Yeah, Yeah.
2: If they're like unreasonable, like, oh, he didn't wear a specific type of shirt.
0: Yeah. Have you ever come across that where a girl like rocked up, looked down at your shirt and walked away?
2: No, <laughs> but you hear, you hear girls kind of I like, he doesn't wear like a collared shirt, then, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, we'll kind of-
0: Yeah, us ladies love a collared <laughs> shirt. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, just like unreasonable red flags, yeah. I think, kind of peel back from that a little bit. So you give someone a chance to like, this is my personality, yeah. these are my values. Can we align in some way? Yeah. Which I think is important.
0: Well, speaking of finding someone, I thought that it would be fun to talk about the way that we met um, not just so that we can sit here and like obnoxiously reminisce on our love story, but um, and I wanted to kind of talk about where we were individually and how that shaped how we got together because it wasn't super smooth for no. us. Um, so how about I tell my version of the story and then sure. you tell yours? Because sure. I think we have our stories are a little bit different. Yeah, go for it. Um, So I, at the end of 2020, went through a... <sighs> devastating breakup I've been through breakups before but this one was brutal it was just um one of those relationship breakdowns that has you like on the floor of your apartment in total anguish gasping for breath like it was it was a tough one um you know me and this guy were living together it was a really sudden breakup he broke up with me and I I was just in such, I was probably at the lowest point I think I've ever been. One of the lowest points I've been in my life. And I think especially on top of that is because he wasn't working because of COVID. Mm. Um, I was working so much. Yeah, I was working like 60, 70 hour weeks sometimes mm. just to support us. And so I was already emotionally drained for months and months and months or physically drained. And then I just like, I didn't have the capacity to process mm. a breakup. So it just, oof, that yeah. one, that one got me. Think and you- so I- Pardon? I was
2: going to say, you can feel resentful when you kind of slot into that caretaker role too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to – I don't necessarily want to um, talk about him. Sure. Just out of respect to him. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. A, a good person. I just, you know. Um, but, yeah. So, that's where I – I was and I moved in with my sister and her partner and I think that was a really big thing for me as well because I look at them and they have such a beautiful healthy relationship and I watch the way that my now brother-in-law they just got engaged hey <laughs> Welcome, <Diego>. <laughs> <laughs> um I saw the way that Diego loved bridge he was so he was he doted on her he just adored her and it, that really challenged my understanding of how a man can love a woman because I didn't grow up with parents that were together. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents broke up quite young and I just never saw a romantic relationship in front of me. So a lot of my relationships um, that had been previous were pretty, uh, I don't want to say one-sided, but I was definitely attracted to a type and definitely attracted to a dynamic, which Mm -hmm. was I loved closing the space Mm. you know they would create the space and i would close it i felt really comfortable in the pursuer role like Mm. in the relationship Mm. um when they were a little bit distant and um and i mean unbeknownst to me i thought it meant that i was like anxiously attached but actually actually i was more avoidant because the reality is i was unconsciously choosing men who didn't have the capacity to love me, mm. to show up for me, to mm. be present. So I was actually saving myself from having to be um, yeah. vulnerable and intimate. And if you told me, if you had tried to tell me that five years ago, I'd be like, you're a psycho. That's absolutely not true, but it yeah. absolutely was. And so, um, so yeah, so I had had just, you know, relationship after relationship that kind of I, I had to play a role that I didn't it wasn't very satisfying, but I'd never had proof that there was anything other than that. Yeah. And then um, I moved in with Bridge and Diego, and I just saw how much he loved her and mm-hmm. how much he willingly did for her. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, you can get that. Yeah. Um. And so that was a that was a big turning point for me. And then I also, um, you know, when I moved in with them, I was like, okay, one thing that I I just intuitively know is that I need to go back to yoga. Mm. to heal because Mm. when I was working these 70 hour weeks Mm. I wasn't practicing much I was teaching a lot but when you're teaching that much you just don't want to be in a yoga studio so you don't practice and um Mm. yeah so I I just knew I needed to go so I googled yoga studios near me and there was one there's BML and I was like oh I've heard of this studio I should go there and I remember I looked at the first class that I was going to go to and I kind of had a little look at who the teacher would be and I saw your Mm. photo and I was like Oh, he's cute. And I was like, no, Rachel, focus on your healing. <laughs> you are not ready for that. But I uh, I definitely had like a little read of your bio and I was like, okay, he's cute, but we'll see. Like sometimes these headshots can be deceptive. And then I got to the studio and I was like, oh, shit, he's really cute. <laughs> and I remember I was like, I am going to show this man what I can do. Like, I'm a yoga teacher. Let me show off, which kind of flies so counter to the conversation we just had prior. <laughs> I was like, this is not about me being in my body. This is about me doing my peacock dance. Um and I think I was like 10 minutes into the class where I was like, okay, abort mission, just survive. It was <laughs> such a brutal class. You had us in Chaturanga for like 45 minutes. I was sweating. I was fighting for my life. But it was the one of the best classes that I've ever been to. And so not only did I think you were cute, I was like, oh crap, he is a good teacher. Like he's so competent. He's mm. so, so competent. And I was even more attracted to that. So I... Stayed back and I just asked you like a million questions. I was like, I'm just going to try and like create conversation with this man. And um, I remember we were doing crowd chasten or whatever, which is like a hamstring stretch. And I was like, I was I, I don't think I've ever pretended to be into anatomy more in that moment. <laughs> and then once you'd answer my questions, because you'd kind of like, you'd respond, but I wasn't like, I was trying to be like a little bit playful and flirtatious mm. and you would just kind of respond very I don't know, normally. I wasn't getting that vibe back from you. And then I was like, oh, like, I loved your playlist. Like, what's your, can I follow you on Spotify? Like, and then you're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, what's your name on Spotify? You're like, oh, Bevan, by far. I was like, ooh, that's a nice last name. Like, where is that from? Like, I was just doing the absolute most. Hmm. And so, went home and I remember messaging one of my best friends, Kayla. Hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just met my husband. (laughs) And I was like, I went to this guy's class and she's like, oh, who is it? And I showed her your profile and she was like, oh, I know him. Like I go to his class. Yeah, he's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so from then on out, like you became my husband. So like I'd always be like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to my husband's class. Talk to you later. Um, and I tried a few more times. I felt like I tried a few more times to have a chat to you, but I felt like I was getting nothing. And after like two or three classes, I was like, you know what? He probably has a girlfriend. I don't want to be that creepy person that hangs back after class and like just gets weird because i've had that like yeah. where we guys kind of stay back and they ask you all these like asana questions and you're like i know where this is going as mm, soon yeah. as like they're done asking about a down dog they're like so uh, mm-hmm. what are you up to tonight i'm like no <laughs> um and so i was like okay he probably has a girlfriend leave it so i went off and i just dated and i just continued to go to your class and um then one day I look on my phone and I get this notification on Hinge saying, like, Bevan has liked your profile. And I jumped out of my seat because I was like, how many Bevans are there in Sydney? And I clicked on it and it was you. And I was like, oh, my God. I immediately screenshot it, sent it to Kayla. Like, babe, get ready for the wedding. It's coming. (laughs) And then we wanted a date. And I was like, dude, I've been trying to hit on you for so long. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, I've been trying to hit on you as well. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So, what was your experience of that?
2: My experience was that you came to class and I'm like, oh, she's beautiful. And uh, did the class and then you're asking those questions afterwards. And I just thought you were literally just asking questions. And like...
0: Yo, I was making jokes about Beyonce. It was the conversation (laughs) went far away from crouch (laughs) asana.
2: Like for me, like because I teach and it's mostly women who come to my classes yeah and i don't ever want to come across as like the creepy yoga teacher guy. yeah you're so, really boundaryed, which well, i
0: respect in theory but was very annoying getting in
2: the way of my plans <laughs> and so i just want to like treat everyone equally and like if they ask a question i'm just going to respond and like for me it was like okay well i don't know what your intentions are yeah and over time, let's see what happens. And so, like, I made an effort, like, next time you came into class, I was like, oh, hey, Rachel, how are you? And you kind of just gave me a little bit more of a cold shoulder. And I was like, oh, I? okay, you did. Do you know what? You I was
0: nervous. I was so nervous. I was just like, oh, my God, I like him so much. Like, play it cool. I don't know. You know, I'm so bad at flirting. I was just, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I was doing. But also, you said that you tried to add me on Facebook.
2: I did, but I...
0: But I didn't like it. I didn't accept no. it for a few days, so you withdrew it. I withdrew it. But and who checks Facebook?
2: <laughs> I know. I'm very old school. <laughs> uh, well, I couldn't find you on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, because you have like three different names. So, <laughs> it, was, it, was hard, it was hard to find. The, the artist formerly known as Rachel okay. so like <laughs> Okay. Well, no, also,
0: I remember I, I found you on Instagram, but I didn't want to follow you because mm-hmm. I was like, that'd be too keen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we could have saved ourselves a lot of suffering if I had 100%. just done that.
2: Yeah. And then like, I remember, yeah, you came to a class and then after that class, you just disappeared. And I was like, oh, okay. Do you know
0: why though? Okay. I remember Kayla and I were going to go to your progressive class and we decided to meet out the front of the studio. And as soon as she saw me, she just burst into laughter. She was like, I have never seen someone so doled up for a yoga <laughs> class. Like I had full makeup. I was wearing this tiniest little sports bra that I could find. I was like going for it. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I love that.
0: And you came in and you gave me an assist. He gave me this assist. I was like sitting on the floor and I was folding forward and touching my toes. And guys, he comes up behind me and he places his hands on my lower back and he starts rubbing his thumbs up my spine. And I was like, loving it I was like oh my god we are officially married I'm completely pregnant right now like the, the plan is working I was like in love with that but then so I you did that I said thank you and then the next that week I had surgery and so I couldn't come back to yoga for like I don't know two months or something but you thought that touching me had creeped me out and so that was the story that you were telling yourself
2: yeah well disclaimer it was a fully no guys it is know, yeah it is a li- assist. come on clinical
0: <laughs> it's no clinical. it's
2: uh, <laughs> no
0: it is an assist he didn't just make it and come and, and touch mm-hmm. me it's like an actual way of doing yeah, it yeah. but it is quite
2: yeah i mean like all the assists in yoga that's kind of why i kind of I'm am pretty in int- class it's <laughs> like if you don't want any assisting. It can, like, no it, it can yeah. be
0: really intimate yeah
2: yeah um and so yeah and i just thought okay well i've done something she yeah. hates me never coming back <laughs> <laughs> i blew it yeah. it's all over but then we yeah we matched on hinge and then we went on our first date.
0: Mm. And um, we had so much in common. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, we were both yoga teachers. We were both studying psych. Um, and the conversation just flowed so easily, mm. even though I was so nervous because mm. I'd been hyping myself up for like six months. Yeah. um, Yeah. It went really well.
2: I think we were there until like they told until us to get closed, out. Until it closed. Yeah. yeah they told us to get out. Yeah.
0: And then I remember this is what I loved about it oh my gosh no games fifa that's what i'm calling you you at the end of the date you said i had such a good time i'd love to see you again and i was like great i know where this i know where i stand and you're like cool how's wednesday or whatever it was and i was like love this like i didn't have to go home and wait till you know Mm -hmm. to see if i got a message or whatever like you just you were really straightforward
2: yeah i just believe like in continuing momentum yeah like dating is momentum it's like Anything that you want to do in life, it's about catching that momentum and just trying to build upon it. And so, as soon as I was like, yeah, this is a good time, let's just keep it going. Yeah. Let's hang out again. So,
0: we did. We continued to hang out. And one other thing that I really loved was that it was, like, really early on that we had a discussion about, like, intention. Mm
1: -hmm. Not,
0: like what are we, but like, mm. what are you looking for? Like, mm. are you looking short term? Are you looking long term? Yeah. Just so I know where I stand. And we both were yeah. really clear that like, we both open to something happening. Mm. Um, and so.
2: I think I was a bit more like, I want to a relationship, but that's okay. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah,
0: you were way more. You was were, great. I was
2: being very direct.
0: You were being really direct, which I liked and I think I needed, but I mm. didn't know how to handle that yeah. because I'd never had that before. I think we were also put in an interesting position as I think a lot of people were, because of COVID. So, mm. one of the things um, that I said to myself that I committed to myself after the previous relationship was that I was going to take my next relationship slow. Yeah. Because I think one of the reasons that that previous relationship didn't work amongst many um, was that we rushed too quickly. Yeah. And we rushed, we moved in too quickly. Mm. Um, because of COVID, because that was the first lockdown and we had to, but I was, I could see how not giving myself enough time to really see the person led to um, problems later later on. So, Mm. I remember like talking to Gail about it and I said, you know, my next relationship, I'm going to take some time to really get to know them. And COVID said, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I did, I got to know you in a different way because lockdown- Happened, and so we had six months of kind of dating in the wild, and then because we were locked down, we, we kind of we became each other's like single bubble buddy. Mm. And you just came over and stayed with me and Bridge and Diego like mm. five six nights a week, mm. and I think it really expedited our relationship in a difficult but in hindsight great way because yeah. you were in a fine place in lockdown. You yeah. were still teaching, you yeah. were still going out, you were still exercising, and I was in not a great place then Mm. i was um i wasn't doing any of that stuff i was working from home i was i stopped exercising i was just really struggling mentally and um i think you saw me in, in a real low and i was not in a position to like show my best self yeah and i think i actually in a way kind of tried to push you away because you were so forward and clear and direct and that really challenged my understanding again of like what I deserved Mm. and um anytime I tried to push you away you were like no I'm not going anywhere like not in a not in a way that you didn't listen to me but I think you saw it for what it was I think you Mm -hmm. saw that I was scared
1: yeah yeah
0: and you just needed to be um, a little bit persistent and give me assurance mm-hmm. and that really soothed me. And yeah. I remember starting – I went and started to see a new therapist, not because I don't love Gail but because I was just curious about the type of therapy that he did. he did. He was a psychodynamic psychotherapist which, let me tell you guys, is not for the faint of heart. It is not all like sand play and validation. It is really dry psychoanalysis yeah. and this therapist really – it was a really – um, tr- I was triggered every single day. I was so raw, and um, it he helped me to to realize that like I have a chance to go down a new path. I can push away this man who is. I say everything I want, but you know, there was a part of me that still wanted the chaos. That's that mm. didn't know how to handle someone so consistent and so yeah. present. Um, but I had to really consciously choose to stay with you and I remember one day we got into this fight and like thinking about it still makes me emotional because it was so beautiful I remember Mm -hmm. just saying like you know just you know just leave like you deserve so much better you know I was because I was in not a good place I was really snappy and I was really just like what I would consider like a really Difficult version of myself, like pretty hard to love. And I remember, like, what are you doing? I just, and I remember I just said to you, like, so plainly in frustration, like, why do you like me? Mm. And you said so calmly, you're like, um, you said something like, I like you because you're likable
1: mm.
0: and you don't get to decide that. Let me mm. decide that for myself. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it just, really made me feel safe because I was like, this man can stick around when things get tough. And that was early on. Yeah. Um, and I know that you then asked me to be your girlfriend. Mm. And I was like, a little later on, I was like, uh, no, I'm not ready. And you said, okay, that's fine. Like, take your time. But then I, you know, continued to go. Because I think I wanted us to stay in – not limbo, but I wanted to keep some space and distance. I was so scared to commit and jump back into a relationship because my yep. last one went so disastrous. So I kind of wanted to be like, I wanted you, but without having to commit to you. Mm. And then you got to a point, maybe like two months down the road after that, where you said, okay, I've given you time. Are you in or are you out? Yeah. And I remember being really angry at you because I wanted to keep the distance. But I also knew that if I said no, I would lose you and then that would be a a loss. And so I said, mm. okay, I am stepping two feet in to mm. this thing and I'm gonna give it a shot, you know? And it's not like I'm at that point, I was like marrying you and or anything, like mm. I still obviously could, you know, backtrack if it turned out, you know, terribly, but yeah. um, that was big for me. Mm. And so I remember, um, I remember that night because we couldn't go out for dinner, I was like, okay, the, I, we're, we're going to be official, so I'm going to make it a whole thing. And I like laid down a rug on my bedroom floor and I like got pizza and a bottle of wine. And I was like, Bevan, you can ask me out again. <laughs> and you're like, no, you have to ask me out. I was like, uh-uh, you can ask me out again. You're like, oh, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but that night we were, we had a really long, deep conversation about why? why yep. we were gonna step into a committed relationship and what we wanted that to look like. Yep. Get really clear about what is a what do you want from a romantic relationship? Like, okay, mm. you've told me that you want a long-term partnership. Like, do you wanna get married? Mm-hmm. Do you wanna have kids? Like, what's your rough timeline? Like, do you want it mm. now or do you want it in in the future?
1: Mm.
0: What are your expectations? You know, what's your idea of monogamy? What are your idea mm. of boundaries? You know, mm. like even just Small things like, okay, you know, men that I had been with previous, do you expect me to block them on Instagram? Or like, mm. what's what are your expectations around monogamy? Um, yeah. And I got really clear. I was like, okay, so I want us to go on one or two dates a week. Mm. Like, I don't want us to just stay, you know, in this lockdown situation where you come over and we just watch TV and mm. chat. Like, I want us to do things together. Yeah. I want you to meet my friends. I want you to get really involved in my friends and my family. Yeah. Um you know, the days we aren't together. I want a good morning text and a good night text. You know, yeah. we were really, really clear. Like I wanted to be like, hey, this is how I like to be loved. Mm. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. And then I think you said the same thing as well. Mm. Um, what Can you remember any of the things that you said?
2: Um, I remember for me, it was, I was wanting to make a point that if you ever wanted to see your friends or you needed that or exercise, whatever you need to do, to kind of fill up your own cup. I, oh, want, yeah. you, I want you to do that. Like I was like, you go do that.
0: I don't even think it was a want. I think it's a need.
2: Yeah, but like I'm not going to stand in your way. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh no, we have something else. I'm like, no, no. If that's a priority for you, yeah. you have that.
0: I think we've have, uh, we've both been really big on watering our own gardens and mm-hmm. not making the other person responsible for our happiness. Yeah. like yes, yeah. our relationship is a big part of our happiness, but. Mm. On top of that, I also need to pour into my friendships. Yeah. I also need to keep myself fit. I yeah. need to have challenge. I need to have a meaningful career. Like this relationship cannot be my everything. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, and I think that's to this day. Like mm. if you ever want to go out with your friends, I'm like, go. Go and connect yeah. with, with guys and have mm. that different energy. And, mm.
1: um,
0: you know, because I think. What I've found is like when I connect with my girlfriends, it satisfies a part of me that can't necessarily be met in the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have the most amazing female friendships and female friendships are just, you can't. There's nothing else like them, yeah. you know. As much as you are just the most amazing partner, it's different. Mm-hmm. Like your girlfriend's just—they can empathize and connect on just a different level. And yeah. what it did is it—it it meant that I didn't need more from you in a in a way that you couldn't possibly
2: mm. meet. Yeah.
0: Um. So that's I think been a really big yeah. part.
2: And I know you found that kind of hard at the beginning. Like, yeah. remember when you told me, like, you, like, you struggled with, like, if you'd come and tell me something, I wouldn't be as reactive as what you wanted. You oh, to kind of, yeah. And you learned to kind of go, oh, I can just accept that's who he is. Well, I
0: think because I have such beautiful girlfriends who, um, they're so animated in the way that they, that they speak. Mm. Like, if I say, hey, oh, my God, I just got a promotion at work. They're like, oh, my God, tell me everything. That's amazing. Mm. You must be so happy. It's like the emotion is there. Whereas for you, you're like good job, babe, you must be so proud of yourself. Mm. And I was like, ask me questions. And yeah, mm-hmm. at the beginning I was like, why are you not – like I remember saying it almost so explicitly. I'm like, why do you not talk to me the way Ellie does? Mm. And then it took, I think, us going to couples therapy that I'm like, I don't need you to talk to me the way Ellie does because Ellie does. Mm. You don't need to fill that role. Yeah. Um, but it did take me a while yeah. to, to get there mm. and to know that if I want the big <gasps> – mm then go to the people that will give me that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's you serve me and love me in in a different way.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, just making that distinction of my, my partner loves me this way, I'm going to get this reaction and my friends love me in this way and they're going to get a different reaction. Just knowing that you, know, you can fill up your cups in different ways. Yeah. From different people and I think – it takes the pressure off the relationship too. Yeah, and then you go. and to not
0: force your partner to like your hobbies. For for example, if they're not into um, watching a Liverpool game at three in the morning, then maybe that's <laughs> not such a bad that. thing. Mm-hmm. Guys, I know so much about <laughs> Paul Pogba's controversies. <laughs> yeah. I have so much football knowledge forced upon me.
2: That's right. I watched Suning, Selling Sunset yeah, last he night. He has watched so. Selling Sunset with there you me. Go. Yeah, <laughs> but you made
0: commentary the whole time. It did not feel supportive.
2: Well, you make commentary and I watch football all the time. I know, so. <laughs> okay. All right, well, if we're going for the tit for tat, let's do this. <laughs> um, but I think yeah, it's important to know that I think Esther Perel says that like we make our partners everything. Oh they my have gosh. to be our, you know, our, our best partners, friend, friends, our, our l- confidante, as she says. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I think it's, it's important to be like you can't put that pressure on your relationship and so much expectation as well. Oh, my gosh. And then yeah. once you release that, you can just enjoy the person and who they are. And I think it makes the relationship lighter.
0: You know, I remember one thing she said hit me. And she said, you know, historically, our soulmate was God. Now that a lot of people don't have a God or a relationship to a God in their life or a higher power, they turn to their partner and they say, you be my divine connection. You be Mm. my spiritual essence. And... When I realized that you didn't need to be my soulmate, that mm. I could still have that deep spiritual connection with God, mm. it, I felt the, the pressure lift. And I mm. felt like I could just love you for who you are and what you can give me and not expect you to fill the needs that historically a village used to yeah. to fulfill. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so we we were really intentional about that. We mm. we dated and that first year, I think as always, was a lot of trial and error, I think. Mm-hmm. It took us a while to kind of find our feet mm. in in a relationship, and I think a really big part of that was couple therapy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. Couple therapy is such a um is such a foundation for us. I think early we went. We started going quite early on. I think about a year into our
2: relationship. It was on oh our one-year anniversary. We decided uh, we need to go. Our
0: one-year anniversary was not a romantic <laughs> night. It was. We had, a, we had a big fight. We had a big fight right on the side of the street in Surrey Hills. In Surrey Hills, yeah. If you are in Surrey Hills, you would have seen that couple. Mm-hmm. We were that couple we fighting on the side of yep, the street. Yep. It was, but it, things had to blow up because mm-hmm. what happened was we weren't communicating well,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and I think. I'm so glad that it blew up and it got so bad that we're like, okay, we need to figure something out because this is make or break. Yeah. And what was happening was I felt like I was explaining an issue and I wasn't being heard. Mm-hmm. So for example, I would say like, um, uh, oh, I'm just trying to think of an example. Like I feel like you don't do as much around the house, which that is not a problem that we've ever had, but, um, I would say something like that and mm. you would say, oh, so you don't think I'm a good partner. You don't mm. think i do anything for this relationship. You don't even yeah. want to be with me. And I'm like, where the hell did you get that from? I yeah. said, A, and you've, it's not that, like you've heard B, you've heard Z. Like mm. you've gone from one extreme to another. And yeah. I felt like I wasn't being heard and like you weren't listening. Mm. And so, we were just having the same conversation over and over again, and we decided, okay, this is not working. We need like a third party. We need like a referee to kind of yeah. be like, okay, this is where you're going wrong, and this is where mm. you're going wrong. Which is how we found the best couples therapist in the yeah. whole entire world, Charlene Towns. Is that that's her last name, right?
2: I think so. I know it starts with T.
0: She's the Barefoot Therapist, and she is just incredible.
2: She's amazing. Ugh. Um
0: she practices really holistically.
2: Yeah, a lot of somatic work,
0: inner child work, in a child shadow work. work.
2: I mean, she's already booked out. She's yeah, I was going <laughs> to say we almost shouldn't talk about her because guys
0: like we can barely get an appointment with her know, these days, but she's just incredible. She's amazing. I will link her in the show notes if you want to check her out, but yeah. we um it was so funny. I remember our first session. It was every person's dream therapy session for me. <laughs> it was like a 90-minute session or whatever, and we probably spent 70 minutes talking about you and unpacking your stuff and i was like yeah that is that's right like he Mm. is the only one who has issues in this relationship if we fix him we fix the entire relationship you get him charlene (laughs) that lasted all of one session the next session the spotlight was turned on me and i was like whoa what is this how dare you Mm. um but she just i think she really helped uh, helped you to realize in that first session, you know what was going on for you internally mm-hmm. in conflict. You know, yeah. um, if you want to talk about that, yeah.
2: Like for me in conflict, it was twofold. One was because of acting for ten years. Is
0: that a Whopper reference? That
2: is another Whopper no. reference. <laughs> because of acting for ten years, I was so used to being in conflict. So whenever an issue comes up, you make it personal, and then you. You act from an emotional place. Mm. And so, that was one thing that was happening, which I was very conscious of and trying to work on to make it less impactful in my life. Mm. And the second was, I just, from my childhood, I had like this underlying feeling of never being good enough Mm. and never being able to, whenever you got emotional had this feeling like I was not good enough for you yeah. that things were going to end. And I kind of like, I spiraled to that Z that you were talking yeah. about. And um, then I got like super emotional in those moments. Cause I feel like it was a threat of leaving me.
0: Yeah. So yeah. when I say something like, Hey, you left the dishes out. That really was tantamount to like, I'm leaving mm. you. You're not good enough. And yeah. hence like the big reaction. But yeah. I didn't understand that. Mm. I was like, why are you not listening to me? Why yeah. are you making this something that it's not? Mm. And, you know, she just helped you to realize that. And I think also a big part of it was like, realize how old you were in that mm-hmm. conflict. Yeah, that when, yeah. when you were having that big reaction, you were actually like emotionally about seven or eight.
2: I can't remember how old I was, but it was but you a, were a, young. Young, a young boy. You were young. and then Just healing that part of myself. Mm. And then also I did my own sort of thing. Like, okay, I was like, okay, I healed this part of myself, but like, how do I react differently in this situation? Yeah. Which I think is super important. So I, I, was doing yoga and I was doing like a twist. And if anyone who's done yoga and they do twists, they know <laughs> how tough a twist is. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm in this twist and it's hard. Um, I'm going to take myself back to the exact situation of where we were arguing.
1: Mm.
2: I imagined all the rainfall, the nighttime, what we're wearing. So I really brought this imagination to life. And I said to myself, okay, you're reacting this way. What happens if Rachel does exactly the same, but I'm able to just be still? Mm -hmm. And so like the intensity, the physicality of the twist, how intense it was. I imagine that was my emotion. It was circling around me, but I didn't react to it. I just, Mm -hmm. I was able to sit and know that the emotion was there. It was around me, but I wasn't reacting and I could listen to you. Mm -hmm. And just physicalizing and using my imagination and knowing that I, could react in a different way, Mm. even though it was just my imagination, but your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. You
0: had to practice it first.
2: Yeah, I had to practice it. And then just that was such a big click. And I literally in that moment felt my nervous system shift. Yeah. Where I was able to go, oh, okay. Yeah. I know what to do.
0: And I think we also put in a number of really practical things in place. Like we were like, okay, conflict's not working. This is going to be our blueprint. And I remember... At the beginning, you asked me to start any like feedback or, or conflict with reassurance. Mm. Babe, I want to talk about something. Yeah. Um, I'm not angry at you. I'm not going to leave you. I want us to work through this, but I need to share this with you so that we can get to the other side just to mm. help calm you down. Yeah. And then I remember I kind of, I said, okay, whenever I tell you what's going on for me, the first thing I want you to do is validate it. Now, mm. validation is not. I agree with you, you're right, it's mm. I hear you, I mm. hear what you've said Yeah. and then I asked you to still man what I said so mm. I want you to repeat back to me your position, oh, sorry my position Um, and we need to agree upon that understanding. You know, if you say hey this is what I think you're saying I can go back and say that's not what I'm saying mm. and then you have to try again until I go mm. yes that is what I'm saying
1: mm.
0: and then you had to take a deep breath Mm. and then you could respond mm. and yeah. honestly it only took us a few times of practicing this until we got into the role but we were really conscious about okay we need to construct mm. new a new system of doing yeah. this because it's yeah. not working and language. i also yeah and yeah absolutely babe a new language and i needed to soften my startup because mm. i would be really angry and think that i'm communicating really clearly but i was probably coming in a little bit shamey mm. you know kind of attacking your character as opposed Mm -hmm. to the behavior um but we got there and now like our conflict like we for sure we fight but i'm like i'm glad that we do Mm. i remember gail saying to me like couples that come to her and say we never fight it's for one of two reasons one they're the boring people with nothing that they're passionate about (laughs) or two they're just not saying it they're just repressing it like you should fight yeah you're going to disagree and you should learn how to fight well and constructively yeah. because it's at the point now where like i feel so close to you after we mm. fight and i use fight in like inverted commas now mm. because it's like we can have conflict where mm. we really do it can there can be tension yeah but we we get through it yeah and yeah. we both feel validated we feel mm. closer we feel like um there's nothing left mm. unsaid
2: mm-hmm. um and there's still moments like when we do fight where I feel myself get really hot. Mm. Like I I can be reasonable and then all of a sudden you might say something and that will trigger me mm. and I just, I feel myself go from like zero to a hundred.
0: And we notice it though, because yeah. same, like you, ha- you notice that shift in your body where you're like, okay, we were having a productive conversation and now I'm pissed yeah. and I'm no longer interested in a productive conversation. I just want to hurt you. Yeah. And we kind of, we call it offline. Like, yeah. okay, I'm offline, which is like yeah. my prefrontal cortex has left the chat mm-hmm. and I'm all amygdala and cortisol yeah. and adrenaline. Yeah. And we both know that nothing good comes from that. No. So the second, even just one of us is offline pause timeout yeah. and we leave.
2: Yeah. We gotta, I, I know I have to leave cause I can get yeah. really angry mm. and I get turned to a smart ass and I, my voice starts to go up and like, I have a very loud voice. Um, and I know like, it's like you, when you know someone so well, you just want to hit their weak spots because you know that's going to cause yeah, the most you reaction. You want to win. You
0: want to you want to score points. But yeah. the thing is, like, yes, you might win the argument, but you've lost your relationship. Yeah, you, yeah,
2: hundred yeah. percent. And then, so I know in those moments, I have to walk away. Yeah. And it's still for me, it's an ongoing um, thing that I'm still working towards is shortening the distance between reaction and walking away. Mm. Where I know it's, it's, it's I'm still working on that. Um, mm. It's getting better every time. Um, And because like for me, like if I do react, I do walk away and then it fully turns into a complete shame spiral. I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do this? Why did I do that? And it's accepting the fact that I did react in that way, Mm -hmm. but not letting myself go into that shame spiral because that doesn't help because then I get more shameful and I put myself down and I feel worse, come back and I do it again. It just keeps going, that spiral. And so now I've learned that's okay. Well, you're getting better. If I tell myself I'm getting better every time that gap's getting... Because it's not going to go from being at 100 to all of a sudden zero. It's like small steps, just shifting back, shifting back, shifting back. And just allowing yourself to have that patience within you that you're you're, you're still working on it, Mm. which I think is important. And like, yeah, I just have to walk away, go into a different room. What do you do
0: when you're in that room?
2: I stop. I take a moment. I let myself saying all the things that I need to say in my mind mm. towards you. And then I go, okay, let's put yourself in Rachel's shoes for a moment. Mm. Why would she be upset? Mm. Why why is she bringing this up? Why would she talk about this? And if you were in the same position, would you, how would you react? And so I try and empathize with you and what you're trying to say. So then I can take a moment and just calm. And that literally, that just makes me calm down. I go, mm. oh, of course, you'd want to talk like that. Of mm. course, you'd bring this up. So what's an appropriate way of how do we, we can talk about this from now? And how can we how can I validate her so she understands that I hear her? And for me, it's about how do we move forward. Yeah. And that's the best way for me is like, how do I move forward? The best way is through understanding you, understanding what's going on. And if you can feel that understanding, then we can shift. Mm. And I think once we shift we, then we go okay, so what do we do next time? Yeah Which I think is important.
0: When I f- when I feel validated, I soften and I open to hearing your experience for sure. yeah. yeah. When I walk away, um, I need to move the energy in my body like I can yeah. feel the anger and like you you turn into a smart ass and I turn really condescending. That's mm. my weapon of choice. Like I go very, very cold and mm. very um uh yeah condescending patronizing Mm. um and i don't want to be like that i Mm. don't want to tear you down i don't i mean i just i don't want to um i don't want to hurt you and so yeah i remove myself if there's an energy, I, you know, for me, I shower. Showering really helps. I think the water helps regulate my nervous system and just bring me back down. I get into the mirror and I tell you everything that I need to tell you. And let me tell you about yourself. And I kind of get it out of my system so that I don't have to say those words to you. Because yeah. I also don't really mean them. You know, once I said, I'm like, well, that actually doesn't really land. It just feels good to say. Yeah. Um, I push walls. I love pushing walls. Yeah. It like gets the anger out. Um, I
2: think one time you looked for in a studio apartment in... Oh, my God, don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might cut that part out of the
2: podcast. <laughs> it's all, part, it's all the part of the process. <laughs> uh,
0: I put music on as well, like yeah. music that really feels like suits the vibe, like a lot of Beyonce lemonade gets played when I'm angry at you. But um, once it's done, we come back to each other. And it's always funny because when we come back to each other, and it, you, it doesn't take long now, no. like we go away five minutes mm. and we're back. And it's like we almost walk back into the room with like our tail between our legs. We're like, I'm um, Shelly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then I think we both come in. Often we laugh and we're yeah. like, let's have a go again. And yeah. I think it's like, I don't mind fighting with you. Mm. I don't mind fighting. It doesn't distress me when we fight because I know that our repair is so mm. good and we can get through that conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, like learning to take responsibility for your side of the street because that's all you can and yeah. I, one thing that I really practice is like, I want to speak to you and respond to your um, requests in the way that I would want you to respond to mine. Yeah. Almost like I want, I'm, I'm showing you the language that I want
1: mm.
0: um, because it, it creates this tango, this dance between mm. us of like validation. Yep. You say that to me, you know, that I might not agree, but that matters to you. And so then therefore it matters to me.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And that kind of sets the tone.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I know. I was going to say the thing, the big thing that you said was apologizing. Um, Oh, I think you have to come back and each party take responsibility for what has happened. Even if, and it just, even if you don't feel like it was a lot, just hearing, like, I'm sorry for the way I've acted. It was not well. Let's, I want to, I want to try again with you. Mm. And just hearing both parties say that, go, okay, we're, we're working from a place now of like, we've accepted responsibility, we've mm. had the emotional outburst, let's...
0: Now we're online and yeah. it's all prefrontal cortex yeah. and we can be really reasonable about
2: yeah. this. Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, and as well as saying, sorry, this kind of goes away from fights, but just in general, I remember the Gottmans said, and the Gottmans, if you don't know who they are, are um, re- the most famous kind of um, relationship researchers. They talk a lot about, the language that people stop using in relationships, Mm. which is, you know, we, the way we speak to our partners sometimes would get us decked on the street. Mm. We're so abrasive, we're so demanding, we're so rude. And that you just forget that element of just respect. Mm -hmm. And so one practice that I think we both have is, please and thank yous are so big in our house. You know, even, you know, we, we both kind of have our shared tasks. Like I love to cook, you love to clean. And so anytime that you clean up, it's, I don't take it for granted. I say, Mm. Oh babe, it looks so good. Thank you so much for cleaning up. I really appreciate it. Even if you do it every single night Um, and you do the same for me, babe, thank you so much for dinner. It tastes really good tonight. Mm -hmm. And it's like. We never take for granted what mm-hmm. the other person is doing. We, we are on the lookout for when our partner is doing something right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even just like small things like taking the dog out to go pee or, you know, or just um, taking the garbage out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I see re- that. I see that and I appreciate that. I, I thank you for what you've done. Yeah. And then just those small things, shift it away from being a chore and then make it be mm-hmm. about like we're a team, we're looking out for each other which yeah. I think is really important.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's like how can I serve you? How can I how can I serve this household and serve this relationship even yeah. if it is just making making the bed or mm. or doing something small.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um
0: the last thing that I wanted to touch on that I think is such a big part of our relationship and probably one of my favorite things is something that we committed to when we first started dating, when we had that conversation about being in a relationship. Mm. And that is a relationship check-in. Mm. So this one is from the Gottmans as well. It's it's called the State of Affairs Check-in. Mm. And it's about setting aside some time to be really intentional with your partner and just check in on where you guys are at you Mm. know if you're in a business and you're in a team the team would get together once a quarter and talk about you know how's the workload Mm. what do you need you know what's the projected forecast all that kind of stuff yeah and so we are always checking in like Mm. how is this relationship going for you Mm. you know and some of the questions we ask are like and we always try and start really positive so we sandwich it which is like what's really working in this relationship for you yeah. right now? You know, and just to kind of start by having that shared moment of, of joy and connection and mm. um, success, mm-hmm. you know, especially like you were saying before, like, okay, I feel like we fought better this month. Yeah. Not that we're fighting every month, no. mind you, but um, yeah. And then we might go into like, is there anything that feels unresolved? Mm. Is there anything that you haven't said? Yeah, you know, is there any withholds? Mm. Is there something that's sitting in the back of your throat that, yeah. even if it's as small as it may be, that is sitting within you that you can start to feel resentment mm. coming up? And and can we bring it onto the table and kind of like penetrate it with um dialogue? Mm-hmm. Because once it's spoken about, it just all of its power just yeah diminishes. Yeah. I don't know if you find that
2: yeah hundred percent. Like I think that's one of the questions that I really like is just like. That ability for that thing that's just sitting on your mind and it can be something so small of like you didn't do the dishes in a way or maybe, you know, you left the lights on, whatever it is. Mm. Just having that moment to let go of that and the other person can hear it and they go, okay, yeah, well, I'll try better next time. Yeah. Those small things don't turn into a, like, what's that saying? Don't turn uh, a mountain. Into a molehill. Into what? A molehill into a mountain. That's it. (laughs) And those those are the molehills. The molehills are you didn't turn the lights off, whatever it is. And those are the small things that build upon each other. Oh,
0: my gosh. And they say that breakups happen in the way that you go broke slowly, piece by piece, Mm. and then all at once. And it's like it's those small things where you didn't say it. And Mm. this is – I was actually thinking in the car today. This is one thing I love about you is how quickly we can squash beef. Like, I don't know. A few weeks ago, you made a joke and – the joke just didn't land. Mm. I, for whatever reason, I was feeling really sensitive, and I, and as soon as you said it, I immediately felt mm, I didn't like that. Mm. So I turned to you and I said exactly that. I said, "Babe, I didn't like that joke. Like, I know, you, like you weren't trying to be hurtful, but that, like, that didn't land well." Mm. And you just said, "Oh, I'm sorry." Mm. Done. Like yeah. it, that joke, so that could have so easily just sat with me mm. and I get really could've resentful, could have fested And then yeah. one time you forget to like close the fridge door all the way, and I'm mm. like, well, you're in it. And you know, and now it's just, it's become this whole thing. And I yeah. think just being able to say the thing, mm. you know, and I think, um, What I appreciate about you and what we've been able to create is like safety to Mm. say difficult things. Mm -hmm. That thing that could risk the relationship is welcomed. Yeah. Please say it, you know, and trusting that if I say it, that it will be met well. And if it's not Mm. met well the first time, you're going to go away and we're going to try again, you know, but, you know, I think people always say like, I want my partner to tell me everything, but Mm. you also have to look at like, well do I create an environment for them to be able yeah. to say it? You know, if they say to me, hey, I'm not satisfied with our sex life or hey, like I'm really upset with your spending. Mm. Do you go, do you immediately start to attack them and get defensive or do you pause and say like, let me take that on board and have a think about it? Yeah. Because you can't ask someone to be honest and then not um, be okay with their honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll learn how to handle their honesty.
2: Yeah. And just having that expectation, I remember... I was seeing a different therapist and he said to me, when you have these hard conversations and someone tells you the truth about something, the first time you take it on, you could be like, whoa, what just happened? Complete shock to your nervous system. You're not ready for it. Mm. And so allowing yourself the space and time to know that conversations might be a five, six time conversation. Yeah. And just being able, being open to the evolution of that first starting point of what you brought up and it's mm. shifting and changing, people thinking about it, coming back to the to the center and then being like, okay, this is how I feel about it. This is what's going on. Mm. And I think you get that, but it has to be a space where you can have multiple hard conversations. Mm. And maybe it's just about that one thing. You have to just really, how do we work this out? Let's keep coming back to the drawing board. Let's like, where are you at now? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I think that constant checking in to be like, how are you feeling about mm. this? This conversation we had like, you know a couple of hours ago how's it sitting with you now do you need more time to think about it mm. which i think is super important that constantly, like are you how are you feeling right now mm. Mm. you
0: know that's one thing i really fucking love about you we can just talk for hours we do mm. like mm. you one of us comes home from work we sit on the couch an hour or two can pass by mm. and it's not how's work good it mm-hmm. was like Man, this thing came up in my day today, and I'm really struggling with this. And and it's mm. like, okay, do you want me to hold space, or do you want me to reflect back to you? Mm. And we can just talk, mm. you know. And you are, I I think you've done so much work to have a really good amount of self awareness and emotional intelligence that yeah. talking with you is is not a chore; it's a pleasure, mm. even when it gets contentious.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. And I know for me, one of the things I've had to learn is to just sit and listen. And, Mm. you know, that's hard. Not fix. Not fix. It's hard for a guy to be like, how do I get into this problem and try and fix it for you? So, now I just kind of sit on the back and listen to you. But I'm like actively listening to you. Mm. And you will ask me, hey, I need your help with this. How do I fix this? Mm. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is a a fixing conversation that we need to have. I can do this.
0: But you're also so intuitive because I remember this one moment and I just felt even more in love with you. Um, So, when... So, we have two dogs. So, one was mine, one was Bev's. Um, And when my dog, Ollie, was four months old, she got hit by a car. Mm. And she broke both her hips and her back leg. And it was pretty traumatic because we watched the whole thing. And um, so, I was really nervous about letting her near roads again. And there was like, God, a few months ago, Frankie um, ran towards a road. He was off leash. And he was fine. He was chasing a cat. And he ran towards the road and I came inside and I was so angry at Frankie. I'm like, this stupid dog is such an idiot. Like, you know, he's going to get himself killed. Like, why haven't you trained him properly? And I was really angry. Mm. And I was like, that's the, that's the emotion that I was presenting Mm. with. And you were like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And I, I was really, really elevated and I stormed out. And I remember I went into the kitchen and you followed me in and you just stood there and you said, come here. And you hugged me and you're like, you're scared, aren't you? And I broke into tears. I'm getting emotional now because mm. that's what you knew. You knew that it wasn't, um, I wasn't angry. I was just so traumatized by what mm. happened, but you knew that you knew mm. what was happening for me. And yeah. you just met me there because I was having a go at you. Mm. You so easily could have, um, responded to that but you didn't you said i i she's presenting in anger but what she is is she's really really scared and she's really hurt right now and you Mm. just met me and as soon as you hugged me i cried and then like three minutes later i was like oh okay i'm good Mm, you know
2: so i think that's the benefit of like going to couples therapy is like i get to hear your story yeah and then the therapist says how is this story landing with you like Mm. what is it making you feel Mm. and then i get to go like i like what what do you think is is rachel trying to say and then I had to like interpret it, be like, okay, I think she's feeling this and like she's feeling scared or whatever. And so you, I get to understand now from your stories that there's something, there might be something else going on. And then just listening out for that and then being more empathetic towards that rather than I could have, as you said, easily been angry and just gone like gone a, a shouting yeah. match that you were just yelling at Frankie. Yeah. But I saw in that moment because I knew how much Oli getting hit by a car affected you mm-hmm. and hurt you and you were so scared And because Frankie went near a road and it just brought up that same emotion Mm. that I was like, actually, she's scared right now. Mm. Let's just take a moment together.
0: Mm. Thank you.
2: It's okay.
0: Um, Going back to the relationship check-in, other things that we ask is, you know, what do you desire more of? You know, is there something that's working really well that you're like, Mm. oh, I want more of that, Mm. you know? And like it can be small moments where I love when like, I'll be cooking and Bev comes up behind me and just gives me a hug while I'm cooking and kiss on the cheek. Like small moments like that makes me feel good. Mm. More please. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We'll ask each other, like, how do you feel about our sexual connection? Mm. And that's something that I think needs to be constantly checked in on because libido changes with life when you're Mm. busy at work, Mm -hmm. when you are stressed, when good things are happening, you know, and being able to talk about sex. Yeah. This is working well. This isn't working well. What are we going to do? I'm sick mm. of this. You've done it too many times. You know, mm. I want to try this. Mm. Yeah. Talking about sex mm-hmm. often. Yeah. Um, This one, you suck at this question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, you know I always <laughs> ask this question and he doesn't know every single time. I love this question and it's, what have you learnt about me lately? Because what I think it does is it... It acknowledges the fact that we are forever growing and we are forever learning new things about our partner. Yeah. You know, you can't know everything there is to know because they are a new version every mm. single day. Yeah, yeah. And um I love I love that question because, you know, actually Estéparel, and let me tell you on this podcast, I'm probably gonna reference her about five <laughs> times per, per episode. But um and you meet her in person? I met her in person. <laughs> I did. And I was such a great <laughs> I just like, anyway, um, she says that, you know, sometimes people get married and they say, okay, cool, their mind works done. But instead we should think of a relationship, even a marriage as at best, you've loaned that person out with an mm. option to renew.
1: Mm.
0: And at, whilst that might make anxious people terrified, I think what it does, is it, it means that, um, you have to consistently water the garden of your relationship. Yeah. You don't get to take it for granted. Yeah. Because when you take it for granted, it will slowly die. It's kind of mm-hmm. like saying, Oh, I watered my cactus like eight months ago. It should be fine. I gave them that one compliment.
1: Mm. You know,
0: yeah, we went out for our anniversary. And it's like, not every single day I wake up and I say, How am I gonna make this man feel loved? Mm. What can I do? Yeah. And it's the small things like, okay, you're tired. I'll take the dogs down today. All good. Yeah. And I won't even say it. You know, I don't, it's not because I'm like, hey, just FYI, I did this for you. It's like, mm. I want to show you that I love you, mm. not just tell you. Mm. And another question that we end on, which I really like is, um, what are you most excited for about us this month? Mm. You know, what, where are we going? What have we planned for the future? Yeah. Um, Bev and I love to do things together. We go to comedy a lot. Yeah. We go to the theater a lot. Yeah. Mm. We go. We've just started doing like sauna and cold plunge together.
1: Yeah, better. Let mm-hmm.
3: me tell you
0: guys. Can I? Okay, I'm gonna rat on you. <laughs> we did cold plunge, and I am forever cold. Like I have a core cool body temperature of like negative 17. And I did the cold plunge for the first time, and I didn't know. I thought I would be really bad at it, and I was weirdly good at it. I was like, hey, this isn't as, isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Bevan jumped in, went Hoop, and jumped out ten seconds later, and do you know what this man says to me? He goes. It's because your your background's Irish and mine's African. I can't handle it. I was mm-hmm. like, "Get in the goddamn pool." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're exposed. you literally. Oh, you're literally exposed to cold twenty four seven, and I'm just in heat. Carol okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're in heat, are you? <laughs> Good to
0: know. Um, I wanted to end today's podcast with a question, and sure. and the reason I wanted to do this is because. I really love how open we both are to giving each other reassurance. Yeah. I think I remember growing up with the belief that, that you shouldn't have to ask for reassurance. Like I'm being needy if mm. I need him to tell me that I look pretty or, if yeah, yeah. you know, he likes me. And actually I realized, Oh, I can just ask him to do that for me whenever I need it and vice versa. And so I wanted to end today um, by asking, and I want to answer it in return. What do you most love about me?
2: I love how considerate you are um, and how thoughtful you are as well. So, it's kind of like the two kind of intertwine with each other. So, say for instance, if I have had a big day of teaching and I come home and I'm like completely exhausted because like teaching is a lot of like giving energy. Yeah. It's a big, big outpouring. Oh, big outpouring. I'm holding space for people. Um, There's a lot of energy I need to give. And so, if I come home, you're like, yep, you sit down. I'm going to give you dinner and like, you just chill out. I, I just like that feeling of being taken care of in that moment. Mm. Because in that moment, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm just like so depleted.
0: You got nothing left in the tank. Yeah, I got
2: nothing left the- And you see that. And so, that thoughtfulness and that consideration of being like, I'm not going to ask him to do more, but I'm going to try and help him regain some energy back yeah. and I think that just that just makes me like love you even more just like you see that moment I think mm. it's just like seeing that little moment be like I see that I'm gonna help you
0: mm. yeah I think it's I remember Brene Brown saying that like relationships are never 50 50 mm. like people are always at different stages in their mm. life and there's days where I'm like oh I've had a good day I'm feeling pretty content yeah. and there's days where I'm like oh I've got nothing left in the tank and it's like I can come home and you're like, okay, Rach has got
1: mm. 10. Yeah.
0: I'm going to do 90 because yeah. I got that, yeah, yeah. you know, like how can we meet each other um, in the middle and make it work for tonight? Because yes, I'll do that for you some nights, but you're going to do this exact same thing for me other, other nights.
2: 100%, yeah. Um, I think she does like a thing where she's like her and her partner, they walk in and I feel like they do feel something it's like, Hey, Babe, just so you know, I'm a 20 right now, mm. and she goes, "Okay, well, I'm an 80. Let's do this."
0: Or she says, "Okay," he says, "I'm a 20," and then she says, "Me too." What are we going to do so we don't kill each other tonight?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: because yeah, it's not always going to be even. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and how do we make sure that we don't take our life out on our relationship? Mm. You know, a difficult conversation with my boss should not be your problem. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 100%. Um. All right. Can I answer the question for you? Sure. Go. What for do it. I love most about you? <sighs> okay. I want it to be two things. Yeah, The first of many things that I love about you is you, I think because you have such a solid sense of self, like when I think of you, I, I see like a really big oak tree with deep roots. You're so stable and so solid and so fruitful, um, and unshakable. And, I admire that. And you really um, showed me how to find that for myself. Like, I remember when we first met, I worked so much. Mm. Like, I would work and burn myself out. And once I was burnt out, I would pause and take a holiday and then get straight back into it. Yeah. And I remember when we first started dating, because you were just teaching, you weren't studying. I'd be like, hey, what are you up to today? You're like, oh, I, uh, I taught two classes this morning and now I'm just down at the beach with Frankie reading a book and then got a few classes tonight. And I was like, wait, what do you mean you're not filling your day with stuff? Mm. <laughs> like, what? And um, you just showed me that you can slow down and what you have can be enough you don't need to keep filling your life with stuff mm. and um i really admire that mm. and i think you know and i don't i don't want to shame people that that work so hard because i think you know i had a friend a very wise friend point out to me that you know, sometimes when we tell people to just, like, just do less, just take time off, self-care, like, that really is a privilege because there are some people who can't can't afford to do that, who, yeah. you know, the single mom who's got three kids and, you know, we can tell her to self-care, but it's also so invalidating. So I just, I want to make sure that I made that clear. But for myself, I could slow down and I could pull back and you yeah. really just allow me to do that and to be more present. Um, and I think the other thing that I just love about you so much is – well, I think as much as I love you, and I do love you, I really, really like you. And I really respect who you are as a person. And that's a really nice place to be in, to know that the person who I'm building a house with is a good human being. Mm. Um, yeah.
2: Mm. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, Yeah, that feels complete.
2: Yeah, that feels like a good spot. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm really, it's interesting, I'm I'm really kind of reflecting back, a quick reflection as you were kind of speaking, Mm. but I was taking you in. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so nice, I think, to have this conversation with you and being so candid and open. Um, It just makes me just so happy that, you know, has, has it been a trial and error to get to where we are in terms of our communication mm-hmm. and to where we are now for so appreciative mm-hmm. and so thankful and grateful that where we are now and just having a moment of this and then I feel like we just connected in such a deep way. Mm. And so, I'm, yeah, just like it keeps adding those layers and keeps adding those, that depth of love towards you mm. just by having something like this. So, thank you.
0: Yeah. All right, well, mm. I love you. Thank you for being um, my first guest and I'm sure I'll have you back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: Everyone reach out and it's like, get him back on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, don't wanna, you haven't performed in a while. you yeah, got another taste in the spotlight. You're like, Bring him back. Um, okay, cool. Right. Let's leave it there. All right. Bye, my babe. Thank you for listening to the Yogi Therapist podcast. If you enjoyed what was discussed today, then consider subscribing and leaving a review. Check out the show notes for any additional information about what was covered here today. And you can find me at theyogitherapist.com.au or on Instagram at yogitherapist underscore for more information on me and my therapy. Until next week.